Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and Whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another anniversary-tastic, spectacular, fanholes, comics, motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up guys, this is Derek, Derek WC, I'm going to be one of your black and strucken hosts tonight, and I am not alone, I've got two, count them, two of my fellow morning fanholes with me, so why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight hi it's michael snicker <laughs> and this is justin yeah so we're here tonight we we wanted to get together it's actually the the 40th anniversary of the first ever marvel graphic novel and that was entitled the death of captain marvel it has a cover date of april 1982 but in actuality the on-sale date was January 12th, 1982. The cover price was a whopping $5.95. But think about it. By the time I got into the graphic novel game, they were all like, you know, $17.99 and $19.99. So cheap by those standards. It was written and the art, the writer-artist was Jim Starlin. The letterer was James R. Novak. The colorist was Steve Olif. And... For what this is, I think this is a Justin Lovell synopsis. As Captain Marvel chronicles his life and times, he discovers through his cosmic awareness that his past exposure to Compound 13 nerve gas has given him cancer. Although Marvel's nega bands keep the cancer at bay, they also result in the disease resisting all known forms of treatment. The Kree Empire's medical experts refuse to help since the Empire considers Marvell a traitor. As Marvell succumbs to the cancer that he acquired from battling Nitro in Captain Marvel issue 34, many of his friends, allies, and even enemies come to Titan to pay their last respects. The Scroll, a people who are his lifelong enemy, send an envoy with a medal to honor him as their greatest foe. In his final moments, Marvell experiences a vision in which he meets his deceased adversary, Thanos. He provides Marvell one last battle, a final struggle in which he can die on his feet rather than on his deathbed. As Marvell joins Thanos and his mistress Death in a blinding light, back in the real world, Marvell dies. 
And that is the super uplifting happy synopsis for the death of Captain Marvel. I think I'm trying to remember. You know, you know, when I remember reading this was like they they had those like reprint books for the life of Captain Marvel. But then I think they finished it off with like a death of Captain Marvel issue or something. Or there was like a trade where it was like the life and death of Captain Marvel, and they combined, like, those reprints of the the Starlin Captain Marvel issues and this graphic novel, like, all into one trade paperback. But I I, I think that's where I first remember encountering, like, this whole storyline and everything. But what what about you guys? Like, how did you you guys come to this graphic novel? I just looked it up one day like I, I i found a scan of it and read it like i don't know 15 years ago maybe just because i had never read it before and i, I knew it was kind of you know famous if you're if you're a comic book fan at least it's kind of famous and you know i read it i thought it was really you know it's it's a real really touching piece of work like i don't like for a while like the original captain marvel was kind of a blind spot for me but like eventually like not long after that i read like a huge chunk of his series like his original series when he was like you know linked to rick jones and whatever and you know i, I kind of gained an appreciation appreciation for him like or at least like an understanding of him so like you know once him dying was like you know the impetus for me to find out more about him i guess yeah i mean i i i remember this having a sense of of infamy or you know that that it was a huge deal you know the 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 death of an actual comic character believe it or not i don't know i i mean i it feels weird to say that but this felt you know final and and that was unusual in in comic books i mean you might have had you know imaginary stories where they kill superman or imaginary stories where somebody dies or i don't know you know the batman of earth 2 dies but you know you still have you know the main batman in earth 1 you know punching and kicking and and going on about his business so you know i i think the idea that they were going to take a character that had his own title and kill them off you know like that that uh, that i guess you know i don't know it's weird because it's like there's the pr about it where you're like oh that's a huge deal right but then i think by this point like when it came out you know the title probably had not been selling for a while and or even published for a while you know and it had low sales and all that other stuff so you know there is the aspect where they could afford to kill this character because it wasn't really bringing them any money so this was one last ditch effort to maybe get some attention and 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 have you know a a writer artist like jim starlin create the the type of story that likely he he would be unable to tell outside of i guess you know one of my notes on this is that you know something like this you know the 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 single one-shot graphic novel like this was the first one that they ever did for Marvel comics, you know, and this was the result of having a direct market for comics, you know, like this wasn't something that was just going to, you know, show up on the spinner rack one day and go, Oh mommy, I want to buy that thing with like death cradling captain. You know, like that, that wasn't, you know, this was made for, you know, people that went to comic shops and catered exclusively to that, that market. But what about you, Justin? Like, like where, where did you come across the death of Captain Marvel. 
in the early 90s when I was heavily into comics and I was, you know, buying books month to month and then, you know, I was really hardcore about getting back issues. Like, this is something I was kind of after for several years because it, it seemed like this was an event that was not frequently mentioned, but often it was mentioned. And maybe it's just a combination of what I was reading at the time. Like, it might be mentioned offhand in an issue of Avengers, and then maybe if I'm reading an older issue of Fantastic Four or something, it would be mentioned. But I remember actively looking for it, and... By the time I had actually found a copy, like I had already read most of his uh, old ongoing series. Like I found most of those pretty cheap at like uh, some mom and pop antique store or something. I got it and read it. And then in the almost 30 years since then, like I've maybe read it five or six times. Like it's not it's not something I revisit just on a whim you know it's like oh boy i'm gonna sit down and watch grave of fireflies it's kind of like right, that. right. it's kind of yeah. like that for me i don't i don't know how you guys feel about it but I, like the first time i read it like when he starts to fight thanos i was like I, I don't know why but i just remember being hopeful i was like oh thanos is gonna like somehow bring him back to life or or or, or fighting thanos on like this death realm or this plane of existence they're on like that'll somehow cure him but he'll like like Marvel will like dissipate or something and he'll leave the negabands to somebody else. Like that's kind of what I thought. And then when it, when he actually like walks into the light with death and Thanos, and then you see the, the little, you know, the flat line and mentor says he's dead. Like that kind of hit pretty hard. And I, I think that's one of the reasons I don't read it very often. The other reason is I've got some experience with, you know, watching a family member kind of waste away in bed and kind of, I don't know. It's it's one of those stories for me where it's like I I really appreciate it. I think it's well told and well illustrated. Just it brings back a lot of memories for me. So I don't. That's why. That's one reason why I don't revisit it very often. Yeah, there's a there's a strong sense of verisimilitude when you read something like this because even though it's dealing with you know a, a fantastic setting and superheroics and you know, cosmic kind of entities, you know, they're, they're treating death as a personified cosmic entity and all that kind of stuff. You, you understand what it represents and, and similar to yourself, you know, my, my mom died of cancer. So to me, like, I think when I initially read this, I don't think I had lost anybody in my life of cancer, you know, kind of, kind of what you were describing in the nineties, right? In the nineties, you were sitting there reading things like, you know, I don't know, Silver Surfer for me specifically, and then that rolls into Infinity Gauntlet. And because of all the sort of hype train, like you're saying, you see these stories referenced in previous stories, like where where did Warlock come from? You know, so I remember going back and reading all those deluxe edition Warlock miniseries that reprinted like the original Warlock issues and Strange Tales stories and everything that first introduced, you know, the, the, the Magus and, and Warlock and Gamora and Pip and, you know, the whole Thanos thing. And interestingly, I, I kind of feel like reading the life and death of Captain Marvel, which was how that, I think, Baxter reprint series was, was sold to me, like even in as back issues. Right. But I, I felt like that was kind of secondary because for some reason, you know, it, 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 it's a thing that, you know, that line in Infinity Gauntlet that means so much to me. He says, you know, three times, you know, three failures of such magnitude are enough even for me. And and it was that thing of, oh, well, 
Infinity Gauntlet is the third. You know, the the Warlock thing with the giant jelly bean soul gem is the second. And then, you know, it made me go, well, what what was the first? You know, like, so it's like, then, then, then you see him fight Captain Marvel and the first time he assembles all those soul gems and all that other stuff. So, you know, that, that, that was a, a slightly an afterthought, but that's how I sort of came to it. And, and at that time when I read this, it didn't have the same impact on me, I think, that it does today or, you know, within the last, you know, I don't know, 10 or 20 years or whatever. Right. Like, so, so that, that aspect of it, I agree with you to me, it is, it is a difficult like read, but again, similar to what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's well done. You know what I mean? Like it conveys all the right beats, all the right, you know, it has, it has every, you know, all the structure of, you know, I guess, you know, the, the grieving process as somebody likes to, you know, psychoanalyze and dismantle it and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I, I, I think it does have a lot of like good moments in it, you know, and, and, and that does, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a catch 22, right? I mean, it's not something that you want to revisit all the time, but you know, it, 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 to me, it's like one of those things where that that's the point where I always, I always question, you know, like, like, uh, uh, Paul Spataro has his Is It Jaws show, and one of his criteria is like the rewatchability of a movie, right? And you could apply that to comics too. Like, do you read this comic over and over again? Do you come back to it? Do you love it so much that you you find something new every single time and all this kind of stuff? But there's there's really outstanding pieces of cinema, you know, or 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 graphic novels or comics or whatever like this, where it's like you've you've seen it, it 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 has a monumentous impact on you it 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 affects you emotionally personally you know and and it's difficult to relive some of those moments that you have an empathy for and so that's that's one of those things for me where i'm like well i, I might not watch logan every five days but but that doesn't mean like it's not you know it's a hardcore movie but it, you know some of it is kind of like, okay, like I've seen it the one or two times I've seen it. It it had that emotional impact on me, but it's not something, or, you know, it's, it, I don't know. My, my go-to always is, uh, is something like Schindler's list, right? It's not like you're like, Oh boy, like it's that yearly time to plug in Schindler's list to the DVD play. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't fucking do that. Right. Like, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's not good. Right. And, and so, I, I feel the same way about those cinematic experiences as I do about reading this graphic novel. It's, you know, the, the, for, for me, you know, like the, the, the moment with like Spider-Man, you know, like that's, that's like out fucking standing writing, you know what I mean? And the body language and everything, the way he, he can't, you know, you know, and, and, and the fact that Marvel, the, 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 the difference between, this and and real life is because Marvel's a superhero and because he's this larger than life kind of you know character he can he understands everything he's got cosmic awareness like he can see through you know because sometimes like you have moments where you know it's like it's like stupid shit like people laugh when they're nervous people 
you know, do do stupid shit when they're nervous, right? And it's like you you might not get the same reaction from someone who's really dying as you would from Captain Marvel, right? So there is that moment where you do get a little bit of release, at least in the sense of, you know, he he understands and says everyone deals with death in their own way, you know, like and so there's a certain sense of I don't know gentle understanding to how people handle his passing that I think you might not always get in real life. But other than that, like, I, I think, you know, and, and that's not even a negative, like that's, that's actually something that, you know, is, is a little more leaning towards the, the super heroic nature of the whole, the whole endeavor, I think. But, you know, I mean, you know, there's some shit I can kind of crack jokes about and some nerd shit we can talk about that comes up with later Marvel continuity. But I mean, as far as like the the weight of the material and the seriousness of it, I mean, I think it's well handled. It's excellent. Like I've I've always appreciated the artistry that went into something like this. And you can tell it's something that comes from like a very personal place and it it has a very personal impact on the people that that are touched by it. And that's, I mean, I'll kind of, for me, I just want to get that out of the way and then maybe talk about some, some nerdy, goofy, funny shit that, that maybe I want to go into here and there. I always appreciated Rick Jones's reactions when he's told, because he's, here's a character who's been hanging out with like Captain America and the Hulk and Marvel, of course. So he's been exposed to all this wacky craziness, like since he's a teenager. Right. But when it, when Marvel tells him, his reaction is like it feels like a, a, a reaction a real person would have because he he just gets so angry with Marvel. He's like, "You're just gonna give up? Like you're just you, like you just accept this? You, you're gonna you're just gonna you know quit fighting it and you're just gonna give up and die?" And then towards the end, when he actually does come to Titan, they have this big moment, and you can tell like it's I don't know. It just like you said, it, it kind of feels personal like you kind of wonder about like maybe experiences starling himself had when he was putting you know maybe he was putting himself putting a little of himself into this because like the going from the anger to like the reconciliation on the deathbed and then you know when the when the thing walks out he's like they're gonna need a minute like that that feels real too and then yeah uh, yeah the other thing i really like is that page where marvel tells alicia and there's absolutely no dialogue. No, no dialogue. And, and yeah. it, it's not needed. It, it's it's one of those classic, you know, you always hear this. It's like, oh, a, a comic is a story told in images. Well, this is a story told, or th- this page is told all in images and facial expressions. Like, there, there's no need for dialogue because you, like, you get it. Yeah, I kind of think of, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe this will lighten the mood at least. But to, to me, I, I, I kind of started thinking of it in a modern context because I was like, oh, Dude, Captain Marvel's dying, and what does he do? He decides to podcast about his career and adventures, you know, before before it all comes to an end, right? Like, so I was I was kind of making myself crack up with stuff like that, you know, because because that's that's kind of what I thought of when he he makes his tapes, you know, about his life and times, and I'm like, dude, bro is just he's just podcasting before the before the final end, right? Like, so I. Yeah, be be sure to like to subscribe to my podcast before I die. <laughs> I'm dead. 
you, you're going to feel bad if you don't give me hearts, retweets, and likes um, when, I'm, when I'm not around to podcast anymore. No, like, I, I was saying, like, I at, at some point, like, earlier on in my comic reading career, I wasn't very familiar with Captain Marvel. And, like, you, and like eventually I knew he died. And then... You can tell sometimes, like which writers, like what w- what this this comic affected which writers, like more than others, because I think I want to say it's like a an issue of like spectacular Spider-Man or something, but maybe like during like maybe DeMatteis's run or before that, or maybe part of Conway's like stuff or whatever. But there's a I, I don't even remember what issue it's in, but there's a a part where spider-man like someone asks what would you know about like death or whatever and spider-man says like oh i know about death and like he has like this little montage like thought bubble and like in it are the usual suspects it's like uncle ben gwen stacy i think like ned Leeds or something and then captain marvel's in there too and i'm like i I remember reading that when i wasn't familiar i was like who the hell is that guy with the mask on and then like I, i realized like and I think it's in the middle of like spectacular Spider-Man's run, so it's probably like in the mid '80s, like late late '80s, mid '80s. So Captain Marvel's death was relatively fresh then. So like you know, I just you know that that's sort of like um, something I remember that made me want to think like, who the hell is that? He's thinking of like going back to Rick Jones for a minute. I also like that that whole page where he's kind of. Again, he's angry, but he's berating like all the greatest minds of 616. He's like, why can't you guys solve this problem? He's like, why, you know, how come you've never like turned your gaze to this problem? And uh, again, that feels like a real reaction because they're, you know, like at that moment, you can tell like Beast and Reed Richards, they're they're just kind of like, you know, this is a, this is, you know, this is one we're going to have to like take a hit on, I guess. But I mean, and, and you kind of get Rick's argument because, you know, he's he's upset and everything. But then it's like, well, it, it, I guess if you think at it from like a comic perspective, you're just like, well, how much time does Reed and Beast have to like – how much free time do they have on their hands to like they, – that they can devote to like curing, you know, cancer or space cancer or whatever. So you, it's like you kind of – I don't know. I mean it, I, well, I always yeah, like that reaction. but Yeah. Then, I mean that's the reaction of someone who hasn't lost someone from cancer yet. Yeah. You know, that's that's the reaction of someone he you know, that's the bargaining stage he's in. Yep. Right. Where he's like, he's like, come on, guys, like, like do, do me a deal like you. You guys are smart. You can hook me up. And and when you take it at face value. Right. Like, you know, y- you understand where he's coming from at the given moment when when you've actually lost somebody and you see, you know, people that that tell you, you know, oh, I'm I'm going through chemo or I you know I have stage whatever cancer or I you know I they found a a malignant tumor you know that kind of thing you know I think because of what I've gone through you know like there there's there's that moment where you you I mean the the moment where they talk about you know the different names that people have for it you know it's like what does he say the the, the they call it the black end you know they call it the inner decay and it's like what the Cree and the scroll call it that or something like that and earthmen call it cancer so this is not i mean they've y- y- you talk about fan aura with superheroes and comics like 
they've taken the real life aspect of cancer, which to date has no fucking cure, right? Like people die of cancer all the time. Like people still die of cancer. So it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility just because you're a superhero and just because you got a bunch of genius friends, like you're not going to die of cancer, you know? And, and, and when you, when you hear that in real life and, and you've gone through the black end, the inner decay, you know, or have seen someone who suffered through it, you know, you, you go through all that over again and think to yourself, Oh fuck dude. Like, like this is not good. You know, and and that's kind of, I I think some some of those characters probably have. And then you know me me being bitter and angry and stupid about comics, the, the, I don't know if this is gonna be funny or not. But you know, like I uh, me, you know what that makes me think of is smug little stupid fucking T'Challa sitting there in his fucking chair. And and if you go by uh, Jackass's revisionist fucking Black Panther history, he could have cured it. Yeah. And 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 that's fucking terrible. Like that's like that's why people hate that fucking run, because like that's the worst fucking thing ever. Like this is for real, you know. Like so, I I don't know. Like it's just like you know, it, it's like he he might as well be complicit in murder. Like how how much more do you have to malign another heroic character than that? What? Because 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 Wakanda's not gonna give up the cure for cancer i'm like i'm sorry that's that's some of the most awful shit i've ever read in my entire life and 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 when you revisit this and then you think about all this revisionist bullshit that they write in these comics like then then it like that i, I don't know that just infuriates me you know where you're like you know that's you know i don't know it just drives me nuts you know but I, I guess I, I what what I was thinking of too before was when Mike talked about how certain writers or or maybe certain storylines touched on this and how it impacted the characters in the comics. It, it's interesting because I mean they, they went to great lengths to you know Starlin did to to include almost everybody humanly possible in this story. It seemed like everybody came out of the woodwork to pay their respects. They were all there at the funeral and everything. But then like, I guess I don't, I don't know if it was cause Claremont had his own little fiefdom or, you know, I don't know what the deal was, but ha- have you, I, I assume Justin's read this, but have you guys ever read Marvel fanfare 24? It's the one, basically there's a story in it where it's binary. Yeah. Binary yeah. comes back to play the poker game and she has no idea that Captain Marvel's dead. Like, and then and then they have to tell her about it. And then she goes up on the moon, you know, to visit the, the site and everything and pay her respects and stuff. But I guess she was off doing broody, Claremonty, you know, outer space horse shit and had no fucking idea that that Captain Marvel had died, right? Like, so there, there's there's that aspect to it, too, where... You're like, oh, well, they, they've, you know, I mean, presume, I mean, I don't know. They, they, I don't know that she was the most important person in his life. Clearly, she wasn't in this. Right. But at, at some point, she, she. He, he I don't know how to phrase this, but. He, she, let me see. He. 
she wasn't the most important person in his life, but at one point he was the most important person in her life, I guess. So, so that, and that, I just wanted to make sure I said that the right way. But anyway, that's, that's one of those things where, you know, it didn't, it didn't really come up in this, but you, you want to talk about the, uh, the, the nerdy, nerdy shit that you came across doing your Silver Surfer run, Justin? Oh, yeah. Um, I've recently been reading some of the early issues of the Silver Surfer ongoing, you know, the Marshall Rogers, Steve Englehart series. Yeah. And like I was telling you, like some of it is some of it I don't, I don't really care for. It's like all this like space politics stuff. It feels like with different alien races. And I don't know. It's I mean, I like that sort of thing about Wand 5. But with Silver Surfer, I'm wanting something a little more. But then. You know, I was I kept reading further into it, and I got to the issue where it basically lays out that, you know, the Silver Surfer we see in this issue is a scroll because at that point in time, Surfer was still locked on planet Earth. You know, he couldn't escape the planet at all, and and then there was a wasn't an Avengers annual where the scrolls were locked into their forms. They were, mm-hmm. yeah. There was um, like a, a bomb or something like that that goes yeah. off. Yeah, some kind of genetic bomb blocked all the scrolls. So if they were in their scroll form, they were a scroll. If, if they were disguised as a silver surfer, they were locked at the surfer. So the real silver surfer encounters the fake, and they have a battle. And you've got this really cool cover of you know two silver surfers. Like yeah, it's you know, a it's a it's a Magnolia cover. It's yeah. It's, the the reason for me why it stands out is Silver Surfer thirteen and fourteen were the first issues I ever bought of silver Mm. surfer so like that story always stood out to me and that's probably like ironically like like that was pretty early in my comic collecting career so you know how you guys talked about oh i had always heard about it it was always mentioned in other stories like i'm I'm pretty sure like 100 percent, you know that silver surfer two-parter or whatever that was the first time i when they go into the whole description about how he shows up as devil slayer and he's like dude yeah. devil slayer's not yeah. it's fucking funeral and yeah. then he's like to my fucking surprise devil slayer was at the goddamn funeral yeah. so he's like the only thing i could do was turn into somebody who wasn't going to be there the silver surfer because he absolutely knew he was locked on the planet like we just said because of galactus's decree so he, so he does it and then he made up some cockamamie story about, oh, uh, Galactus let me show up for the funeral or some, I don't know, what, whatever excuse he made, right? And and so you you had that, and that was always, I mean, I, I think outside of, I'm trying to think, like Marvel-wise, like outside of G.I. Joe and Transformers, the, the, the big Marvel comics I got into were Spider-Man, and then, and then I think after that was, was Silver Surfer. So, so I mean, it was it was very early in my my comic collecting that that I came upon, you know, at least the the ripples of of this death of Captain Marvel graphic novel, and so that to me is I don't know, it's just a fun thing because you're like, oh yeah, like this all sort of, you know, it all sort of tied together or whatever. It's funny. It, it seemed like for some time, like this was this was a really sacred, like you know, story, and they like you know they left it alone. You know, they left Captain Marvel himself alone, like, and you know, told more stories with Carol and stuff. But then, like once you hit like you know the mid two thousands, I feel like Captain Marvel was getting revived like every year or something. Yeah. I can think there. Okay, let's see. There, like you know, the Skrull Captain Marvel from Civil War. 
then in what was it a secret or uh, avengers versus uh x-men they had that like captain marvel zombie or something that they resurrected on hala yeah wasn't there he was also some... in the 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 dead universe or the and then cancer? yeah and then the thanos imperative yeah he's the can he's the the avatar of the cancer verse too so i mean yeah, so it's like, I, okay, like, not only is it not sacred anymore, but Captain Marvel's become, like, an avatar for, like, a, like evil avatar for cancer, like, at that yeah. by that point, so. Yeah. But, but I mean, and it, uh, that was a good story, but it's like, you know, it's kind of like, wow, like, but no, I mean, like I said, I've, you know, after I read a chunk of his series, like, I bought one of those, like, epic collections of his, like, series and i think it had like 20 issues of his original series and i read mm. through that like i don't know like i have a like i had a adverse reaction to like the captain marvel like movie like the mcu film just because mm. not not just because it, it's i think it's a weak movie overall but like just you know marvel and the, and, uh, and also the supreme intelligence should be a big fucking deal in a Captain Marvel story. And they really neither of them were in that movie. And like, I, I, I get that you want like Carol to be like your big, you know, your main character and whatever. But like, I, I don't know, like, I, I feel like that's, you know, just because he's a white man, like they don't want to like, you know, I don't know, you know, let's not get into it. But like, it, it, it just, yeah, I don't know, that struck me as very off and I, I don't know like by not touching on any or by not grabbing hold of any of the power of like you know this story or anything like they i feel like they you know shot themselves in the foot kind of yeah it's weird because i i think i think that probably the 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 logic or the thought behind it is the the same logic that would be behind skipping hank pym you know, like like that that somehow there's this this unwanted baggage that 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 they don't want to deal with or whatever. And like, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I agree with that because I don't. But it's like to me, I I don't know. It, it's kind of how I feel about like you know like storylines where they have to you know like if you're gonna make a movie, you know, do you do you jump straight into Wally? Do you do you do you do the story with Barry? Do you do it with whoever? Like there's there's all that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, to me, I, I always felt like, well, it's time to put on your big boy pants and figure it out. You know what I mean? Like like and, and I, I don't know that that what they ended up doing ultimately, you know, uh, w was satisfactory because I, I don't I don't really think it was right. Like but. I mean, I don't know. The, 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 that and this are, are two separate things, you know? I mean, to me, I just assume, you know, nobody's nobody's going to fucking remember that movie. But, like, people still are going to remember this, who actually read it, that know what it is, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I was always into Warlock, too. That's why I like the that line he has about Warlock, where he says, His was a hard and sad life filled with pain and confusion. When death came for him, he welcomed it like a friend. I'll not do so. So, I don't know. I mean, that 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 was basically the difference between him and, and Warlock. Warlock was like, thank God, you're finally here to fucking kill my ass, you know? But uh, Marvel just fought, you know? Like, that, that's one of those things where, you know, the, the, the artistry in this, too, is, you know, the, 
it's it's even more apparent when you have a superheroic male character that is larger than life, muscular, you know, physique, all that kind of stuff, and to see him slowly erode over the course of this issue, you know, or this graphic novel, you know, because at some point it's basically like he gets thinner and thinner and he's wasting away and, you know, even the clothes he's wearing, you know, just kind of puff him up, but really, you know, like he's just kind of, you know, getting, you know, more and more shriveled up as it goes, but then they give him this one last kind of moment to to have this kind of I don't know confrontation with Thanos but but it's it's almost like a gift right like like he's honoring him just as much as these you know the, the scroll guys that come in to salute him which is you know that that's one of those things that's like crazy too right because you're like dude you've been fighting these guys your entire life but then they're like dude, we get it. Like you're, you're still the man, you know, like, and it's, it's kind of fun. And then his own fucking people don't want anything to do with them. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's more like the fucking MCU movie than we realize. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was, you know, something, something that was worth, I, I, I know we were looking for different anniversary stuff. And when, when I saw this was, this was 40 years old, I just kind of went, wow, like this is, you know, this this is one of those great Marvel stories, you know, that that is worth, uh, you know, just kind of giving some some spotlight on some coverage on. And, you know, I mean, I, you know, again, like like we've been saying, it's not something that uh, it's not something that you're going to, you know, revisit once a year and have a happy look on your face or whatever. Right. Like, but but it is it is something that's poignant and moving and touching and 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 heartfelt you know so and that's that's basically all i could say about it in 1975 jaws was released it is routinely regarded as one of the greatest films of all time and is generally credited with creating the concept of the summer blockbuster in 1978 in an obvious cash grab jaws 2 was released failing to have lightning strike a second time but presenting a generally enjoyable film. In 1983, Jaws 3D was released, shamelessly attempting to take advantage of a gullible audience. By 1987, there was no pretense of quality as Lorraine Gary and Michael Caine cashed paychecks for sleepwalking through a pointless and incredulous sequel. In 2016, Paul Spatero created Is It Jaws? in which he and a group of rotating guest hosts discuss new and old movies and place them up against the Jaws scale, which ignores some elements of the actual films and sets forth a rating scale. Jaws, an all-time great classic film. Jaws 2, an enjoyable film with some flaws but worthy of multiple viewings. Jaws 3, a moderately enjoyable film. And finally... Jaws 4, a bad movie. Please join Paul and his guests as they ask the ever-important question, is it Jaws? All right. I think that wraps this up for this evening. So if you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, if you want to send us angry, angry emails at fanholspodcast at gmail.com, bring them on. 
We are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. Luckily, we're not we're not podcasting about our deaths, so uh, we'll we'll keep more content coming. You can check out the backlog of episodes over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes of comics, motherfucker. Do you read them over there on the Blogspot? In addition to all our other shows. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike. When the end of this podcast came, he welcomed it. And this is Justin, signing off. A cherry story. Yes. Well, what I wonder is, do these other fucks that write all these other stories, do they not think about this shit? Like when they write that uh, Black Panther can cure cancer? Like, yeah, I know, right? Come on, man, have some fucking class. Black Panther could have saved Marvel, but he just didn't like him that much. He just twiddled his thumbs and was like, "Fuck that guy." It's like the other people like find out about that, and they're like, "Panther, like T'Challa, like." You had the cure for cancer this whole time? Uh, Wakanda forever! And he runs out of the room, like... I picked up, uh, Morlin the other day. Like, uh, like I, I picked him up and I was like, well, I guess I'll get him. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, a, okay. I mean, technically he is a Spider-Man villain, so, like, I was like, I, I guess I'll get him. But I'm, 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 I'm I kind of regret it. He kind of sucks. You fool! Like, he's... Well, first of all, like... He's on a normal-sized buck. I thought he was on a bigger buck, but he's, uh, like, on a... So he's, like, the same height as Spider-Man. Yeah, it's it's just a suit body, so... Yeah. He didn't really and, do anything special. And it, his two... His two, like, heads look barely, like, different. Like, one head is, like, a sort of teeth bared face and the other head is like sort of a smiley face but they like virtually all they changed was like the mouth so it barely looks any different but i was like oh, i guess i'll get maybe i can do something funny with him but i haven't thought of anything yet so now i'm like oh i guess he's going in storage <laughs> you need you need the whole moreland family to do something funny yeah right <laughs> He convinced me. Give me my dollar back. I was like, you you convinced me. I'm not buying that Scarlet Spider Iron Spider <laughs> or whatever. If you want to get to I was like, yeah, you can't even army build it because it's not accurate. I 
I guess she's like, I haven't, I've got to get back to reading it, but I guess she's like becoming a supporting guest star in that new Moon Knight book. Yeah, it looks that way. I read that issue. It's been pretty, it's been a pretty good, decent book so far. Yeah, I read the first issue and I liked it. I just haven't read anything since then. I guess they were former teammates, so that kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. All the cool guys have some cat girl, like, <laughs> supporting character now. Except for Iron Man. He lost his. No. Well, he has Hellcat. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, oh, that's oh. exactly what oh, I'm you're, saying. Oh, you're, you're, you're trying to malign Hellcat in front of yeah. Justin? What? Yeah. What? The, there will be no derogatory Hellcat talk on, uh, on this call. You do have a sin to confess, Michael. The sin of envy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then spider-man i mean i'm like man ben like if you can't even take morbius then maybe you should just retire right now like (laughs) that's that's kind of what i was thinking of doing with morlin like getting morlin and morbius and like just having them go blah 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 back and forth to each other and so blah blah I will shake your hand and eat your mouth. I will shake your hand and eat your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. me. I don't like Morbius either, so. Felicia. (laughs) That cartoon ruined him for me. (laughs) The plasma. You know what the cartoon ruined for me? Assaulting people with your ass. (laughs) Mary Jane! <laughs> Goddamn Greg Brady. How did you do that all the time? That hurts my mouth. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, some of them. Especially when he had, like, the symbiote costume when he was, like, shouting at Shocker and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, Calm down, Greg Brady. Calm yeah. down. Shocker! Yeah, I'll shocker. change you to the ends of the earth! <laughs> <laughs> This is like, calm the fuck down, Parker. (laughs) 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 Although I do use, (laughs) I do use Blade's line from that show like every so often when. When someone says, like, you know, oh, I know a lot about Spider-Man, I always go, like, knowing Spider-Man does not make you cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 